Welcome to Historical Jesus. I'm Mark Vinette. The Jesus myth theory includes the view that the story of Jesus is largely mythological and has little basis in historical fact. It is a fringe theory supported by a small group of dedicated, active, and vocal scholars and mythicists who argue that in the Gospels, a fictitious historical narrative was imposed on the mythical cosmic savior figure created by Paul. Myth proponents claim that there is significance in the lack of surviving historic records about Jesus of Nazareth from any non-Jewish author until the second century, adding that Jesus left no writings or other archaeological evidence. This understanding deviates from the mainstream historical view, and most historians reject the theory that Jesus never existed. Mainstream biblical scholars point out that much of the writings of antiquity have been lost, and that there was little written about any Jew or Christian in this period, and that there is no known archaeological or textual evidence for the existence of most people in the ancient world, even famous people. Let's listen to what controversial mythicist and biblical scholar Dr. Robert M. Price has to say about the historical Jesus. I am Robert M. Price, the Bible Geek. The word geek denotes an obsessed hobbyist, and I'm happy to accept that definition. I find the Bible absorbingly fascinating. I do not regard it as an authoritative or inspired revelation from God. I used to, but ironically, it was the avid study of the Bible that led me to give up my religious devotion to it. I had to decide between my desire to understand the Bible and the religious faith that created my interest in it to begin with. So now I love the Bible as the classicist loves the Iliad and the Odyssey. In my view, there's nothing more pious than trying to understand the text for its own sake. Whether you're a believer or a skeptic, I'm inviting you to join me as we try to make sense of a sometimes puzzling book. I don't approach Christ mythicism as a dogma, arguing that Jesus was a myth. There might have been a historical Jesus, but before I became a pastor, I was preparing a course on the life and teaching of Jesus at the time. I had attended the same church because despite my loss of any kind of Orthodox faith previously, this place was so open-minded and so uh, diverse. The pastor himself, I guess, had been Southern Baptist. He was a Texan originally. And he had broadened his perspective by a lot of reading of Kierkegaard and various others and get a wide range of interest. And I guess I was still some kind of a theist at the time, but I guess I was already in league with uh, thinkers like Bultmann and Tillich. And so I believed in a historical Jesus, but I kind of figured like uh, Rudolf Bultmann argued that he had been an apocalyptic prophet of sorts that he didn't believe that he was the Messiah, that uh, he certainly didn't think that he was God and all that, and that the miracles probably, insofar as anything actually happened in the Gospels, it was a bunch of cases of psychosomatic healing. It all has to do with the principle of analogy that, as Bultmann said, since we see exorcisms and faith healing today, however you think it works, you can go to meetings and, and see such things happening. 
there's no reason to deny that they did and so on. I said, yeah, it makes good sense to me. But the more I got into reading people like George Wells, who wrote a bunch of books arguing that Jesus was a myth comparable to William Tell and others, at first I thought it was sort of crazy, like they say, conspiracy theory and all that. But then I began thinking, well, let me see if I can be teachable about this. If I can bring myself to honestly consider some of these points. And the more I did, in fact, I was preparing a course on the life and teaching of Jesus at the time, and I thought to myself, I'd heard him speak, and he said, well, of course, my view never gets a hearing. Nobody can bring themselves to consider it seriously. And I thought, well, I want to take that dare. I want to be as open-minded as I can about this. And I didn't just accept uh, what he and others said. I just began to ponder them and I was already, as I say, more of a liberal Protestant, not so much politically like today, where where liberal Christianity simply is left-wing politics, but I was more in the critical camp, and I preached on the Bible, no problem, but I had given up evangelicalism some years before I ever became a pastor. So it, people always understandably get the wrong idea when they say, this guy used to be a Baptist preacher? Well, not exactly. It was a lot more complicated and vague than that. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-218-6010. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-218-6010. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-218-6010. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. The thing that really propelled me across the line to say, I think it's more likely that there wasn't a Jesus, or should I say that the burden of proof really would lie with those even like Bultmann that said that, yeah, there was a Jesus. Bultmann said nobody who's not insane would deny that Jesus existed. And I thought, well, that's probably not really the case. You don't have to be a nut. And what really convinced me was for some months I was reading a bunch of different books where scholars would take this or that element in the gospel story and say, you know, that kind of looks like it's a rewrite of so-and-so in the Old Testament, like the feeding stories with some borrowings probably from the Odyssey. And I looked at each one of these arguments, though some of them struck me as pretty iffy. A lot of them seemed to me very compelling. And I came to the point where I thought, I don't think there's a single gospel story or even in the book of Acts that wouldn't make better sense as a rewrite of something, especially in the Septuagint, the Greek version of the Old Testament. And I thought, well, if this is the case, why is it the case? Why is there nothing that would stand out as what you might call secular evidence, like no real biographical information about Jesus? 
nothing to connect him with the history of the times, even the stories where Jesus is connected with someone who we know existed, like Pontius Pilate, Caiaphas, Herod the Great. These stories are all highly dubious for other reasons entirely. The characters are grossly out of character, like Pilate. Why, I can't let that Jesus guy get executed. What's the matter with him? And so on. Or the high priest is presiding over a trial for Jesus on Passover Eve? Wait wait a second, somebody didn't know what they were describing. And so I thought, why is there any reason to believe in this when just about everything seems to be either a rewritten Old Testament or so similar to other ancient stories, such as the dying and rising Savior gods, which do predate the Gospels, no matter what these apologists say, they're just playing fast and loose with the evidence, or healing stories like those attributed to Asclepius, the healing god, etc., etc. I thought, what is there left? There might have been a historical Jesus, but once you take this stuff away, what was he? And I thought to myself, it's as if somebody a hundred years from now came to believe that Superman actually existed. And then he realized, well, you know, some of this stuff couldn't really have happened. Uh, Let's find the historical Superman. We'll examine all the comics and see that there's some factual undergirding. And oh, There is, and here's the news, folks. The historical Superman was Clark Kent, a mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper. What? That's it? That was Superman? How did this religion get started on the basis of a guy like this? And people just, like Bart Ehrman and a lot of these guys, they just don't seem to see the incongruity and the meagerness of the evidence. So there might have been one. And in fact, there's at least one quite viable sketch of a historical Jesus, and that would be that of S.G.F. Brandon and others who said that Jesus could have been a revolutionist who was crucified, not on a frame-up, but because he was actually trying to uh, rally Jews against the Romans. He and some others made a very good case for that, so I don't approach Christ mythicism as a dogma. I realize every historical judgment has to be tentative and provisional, open to re-examination. So my sense is that it just seems to me to be the most adequate way of looking at the evidence. And if somebody finds something you could show as a real letter from or about Jesus, well, it's okay with me. That's all it would take. All right, there was one. I don't think it'd be better if there wasn't a Jesus. I don't feel like this scorched earth approach to Christianity that somehow that's absurd and neurotic, but I don't go to church anymore. I don't believe in any kind of a personal God, but that's a whole different issue than whether there was a historical Jesus. And I think there might have been, and maybe he was the one Brandon talked about. Makes sense, but I don't see how we'll ever know. Now, I like all the stuff. I mean, I love the gospel. So I love the Jesus character, but I have a historian's conscience here that I can't just go along with this as history. Of course, I don't think it's supposed to be history even. It's very moving and challenging material. It's great stuff, but history, I don't think so. I'm Mark Vinette. Thank you for sharing your time with me.
Doctors endorse it, nutritionists recommend it, and customers love it. Calotrin Healthy Weight Loss. Ron in Texas lost 35 pounds. Marie in Pennsylvania lost 117 pounds with Calotrin. Diane not only lost weight, but she also found relief from arthritis. Lynn lost over 45 pounds. Calotrin contains collagen, the most abundant protein naturally occurring in the human body, which decreases as we age. Taking Calotrin promotes better sleep, more energy, less joint pain, and best of all, weight loss. Calotrin has an amazing 86% success rate with their 90-day supply. And this week, take advantage of their President's Day sale. Buy the 90-day supply and get an extra month free plus free shipping. Ordering is so easy. Just text the word HISTORY to the code 30605 and we'll send you a link to this special offer. Again, text HISTORY, that's H-I-S-T-O-R-Y, using the code 30605.